Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode of this podcast is brought to you by Bill Bar. You can go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On. You'll get $20, excuse me, that's 20% off your next order. That's Remember, guys, it's promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. And the next time I say $20, just I'm just going to stop doing this podcast. But in any case, um, welcome back. I'm sorry I didn't have an episode yesterday. Uh, wanted to take some time and you know digest some of these uh, Dale Talon thoughts that we got yesterday. So um, in case you guys did not see, in case you guys do not have a subscription to The Athletic, well, before we honestly get into that, today's show, we're going to be going into the, an article wrote, written by Rob Rossi on The Athletic, basically just talking about Carmenos' firing and what's next for Jim Rutherford's front office as he is basically shaking things up with that. You know, we're going to talk about, you know, who they're potentially going to hire, why that would be a bad idea, especially with what's going on. We'll also talk about a potential start date for the AHL. It looks like, according to Elliot Friedman, it's going to be after the NHL's planned one, though I think the NHL's one is, I mean, I think it's going to be pushed back. So we'll get into that as well. And we have a couple other goodies coming for you for this episode. But, you know, we'll just start with the article from Rob Rossi. Um, you know, woke up at around 8.30 yesterday. Um, saw the, uh, the, I think Jason, J underscore A 155 on Twitter. Please go follow him if you have not. He is one of the best followers on Penguin's Twitter. Basically put a screenshot of uh, what potentially is next for Jim Rutherford in the article. And I'm just going to go to um, it right here. Dale Talon has emerged as a candidate to join the Penguins in some capacity, multiple team and league sources said. A former GM with Chicago and Florida. More recently, Talon was the primary architect of Blackhawks 2010 Cup Club. Um, was he the primary architect or was that Stan Bowman? I honestly might give that to Stan Bowman. Though he had been demoted from GM to his senior advisor about a year before Chicago's title run. So again, I'd give it to Stan Bowman because he actually built that team. Talon is only 16 months younger than Rutherford. Oh, God, God willing. In addition to being longtime friends and peers, Talon and Rutherford share ties to the Penguins' as former players. Another factor working in Talon's favor for a potential role with the Penguins is his good standing with Mario Lemieux, a team in league source said. He has a couple big relationships in Pittsburgh, a league source said. So let's just let's talk about Dale Talon, the hockey general manager. Then we'll get into his, you know, his investigation coming up here in a second. Dale Talon is not a good general manager. I mean, remember the quote with Mike McMatheson? Oh, yeah, we went to two years and then went up to four years and then went up to six years. And when we said eight, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. So they literally just gave Mike Matheson eight years for reasons. I mean, Florida, they went back from the old boy hockey's club to a bunch of stat guys who were actually running the team pretty decently. Then they went back to Dale Talon and then they just shot all over themselves, especially, you know, with that Sergei Barovsky contract. That's going to be one of the worst contracts in the league pretty soon. He is never going to live up to that deal. They paid a lot of money, I think, as well to Brett Connolly. I mean, I know I'm forgetting a couple others, but I mean, they went on a big spe- uh, spending spree. And I know Joel Quenville is a really good coach, but Dale Talley, just a lot of his trades are just so lopsided. I mean, he traded Vincent Trocek for basically peanuts. I mean, this was the guy that protected Alex Petrovich in the expansion drive. Is Alex Petrovich even still in the NHL? I honestly have no idea at this point. He, he protected him in the expansion draft, and then they let Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault get away. I mean, that's just flat-out embarrassing on any level. He does have no idea what he's doing. So I have no idea why Jim Rutherford wants to bring him in. I mean, like I said, do they want to do the old boys club or maybe just have both of them go to a nursing home or something? I have no idea, but that would just be a... Awful move if Jim Rutherford were to do that. So, I mean, let's just get, you know, to the elephant in the room. He's being investigated for using a racial slur inside the bubble. 
so honestly, that alone should not have the Penguins hire him. I mean, the Penguins, they released a uh, tweet out yesterday. It was the two-year anniversary of the Tree of Life synagogue shooting um, from 2018. You know, they did the hashtag Stronger Than Hate. And if you're going to put promote that hashtag on Twitter, you know, promote the Stronger Than Hate, why in God's name would you hire Dale Talon? And yes, you know, I know being Jewish is not a race. You know, if you're against Jews, it's anti-Semitism. But, you know, it's still a message of hate if you're using a slur against, you know, people of color or people of a certain religion. So I just, I really don't understand why could you hire Dale Talon, who's under investigation by the league for using a racial slur, and he just flat out not good at his job for hockey. So, I mean, that's just a hard pass on many levels. I understand Jim wants to get rid of some people in the front office. I mean, this Jason Carmanos thing seems pretty fishy. If you guys listened to the episode on Monday with me and Tyler, you know, um, Jeff Latang called on Twitter, had a pretty interesting theory that, you know, we could be uh, pivoting to a full analytic staff, that this could have come from ownership to do it because, you know, Mike DeFabo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette said, yeah, well, he didn't, he didn't say that, but he asked Jim Rutherford, hey, Jim, like, what was the reasoning behind, you know, Carmanos' firing? And Jim's like, I'm not really going to go and get into it. So something just seems fishy about it. I don't know if he was forced out by ownership. I don't know if Jim wanted to fire him just to bring in Dale Talon for reasons beyond my comprehension. I don't know. Something just smells really odd about it. And oh yeah, here's something to consider too. Why would you hire him when you just hired Trevor Daly, who is a person of color and also made it clear in one of his answers in his press conference that, you know, working in an NHL front office as a person of color just means the world to him. And he's just so excited to do it. So that's a third reason why this just makes absolutely no sense to do. Please stay away from him. I hope honestly, Dale Talon does not get a job in the NHL ever again. I mean, it's not that he sucks at town evaluating, you know, roster management trades, you know, he just, he's a shitty human being. So please stay away from him, Jim. That just does not need to happen. There's a couple other highlights um, in this article from Rob. He said the same could be said of Jason Bottrell. However, one league source said there is no there there of a reunion between Bottrell and the Penguins, even though many in the NHL community speculated that Carmanos' firing was tied to hiring Bottrell. I mean, hey, I thought it was tied to hiring Jason Bottrell. I 100% thought when I saw the announcement, like, oh, they're just going to hire Jason Bottrell. They're going to keep Sam Ventura maybe in an assistant GM role. And they're just going to, you know, they'll have Bottrell do his thing before. You know, he just managed the cap and maybe had Jim Rutherford not make as many mistakes. I think that would make a lot of sense. I would still be for them hiring Jason Bottrell. But I guess it's potentially not to be. And I mean, yeah, you're really going to demote Sam Ventura from assistant GM and hire Dale Talon. Again, so that's basically four things right there of why this is just not a good idea at all. I mean, if you want to make it the old boys club, just send both of these guys to a retirement home. But, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of over Jim Rutherford. I don't really think he's going to be here that long. I think I did see a great tweet yesterday from uh, MadChad412. He's been on this podcast, of course, before a few times. And please go listen to 412 Sports Talk with him and... Ah, crap, I'm forgetting his name. Um, Oh, Eddie. They do. They just do a, a hell of a job on that podcast. I mean, they had the mayor of Pittsburgh on, for God's sakes. That listen was just incredible. They've had Josh on. They've had Jesse on. A couple others from Steelers Twitter on. So definitely go check them out. But, you know, this tweet yesterday really um, resonated with me. I agreed with him on it. He tweeted here, the good news is I don't think Rutherford will be here much longer, especially if they have another year where they're one and done in the playoffs, or worse, if they miss them, I would have already let him go. I think the only thing keeping him is the Pens not wanting to pay him, plus new GM during COVID. I mean, it's honestly hard to argue with that. I, 
I also would have let him go already, especially after this series against Montreal. I know firing a GM during a pandemic is not the wisest thing just because, you know, they don't want to pay him for so many years. He did bring them to Stanley Cups. I mean, it's hard enough to fire him for that anyway, but he's just not done a good job these last few years. And if you're really going to bring in Dale Talon when basically the entire Penguins fan base is telling you not to, um, there's just, there's a big problem there. And I really hope ownership steps in at some point and does let Rutherford go. I don't know if they're going to fire him after this next season. I mean, Chad basically said, you know, if, if they're one and done, which if that could very well happen because the East is very strong this next season, I could definitely see it. But, you know, if they do go and they win around, maybe they lose in the second round or if they go to the conference final and lose, I think they'll keep him around for another year. Honestly, though, I mean, there's also the possibility that they may not even have the balls to fire him and they just want him to, you know, ride off into the sunset wherever, whenever he just wants to retire because or just when he wants to resign, basically. But, you know, I know he's not going to be here when Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin can get up to like 37, 38 years of age. He's not going to be here that much longer. If I had to guess, guys... I'm thinking maybe only a season or two that he's going to be here. But, you know, that's just my hope at this point. But I also wonder um, if they're maybe, like, scared to fire him and then bring in someone worse. But, I mean, how can you do worse than Jim Rutherford? I mean, yeah, you could bring in Pierre Maguire, who I, I really do want Pierre Maguire to be a GM of an NHL team someday just because of how bad of a job he would be. He Obviously, he hates analytics. He probably would not bring in anyone who even looks at analytics. So he would just be making moves out of his ass. We all know the Penguins interviewed him in the 2014 search. I think he was actually a finalist for that job. Yeah, if, if they do fire Jim Rutherford at some point, I really hope they do not go bring bring back uh, Pierre McGuire for another review. you got to bring in someone young. Hell, we talked about it on Monday's episode. Sam Ventura for GM every, anyone? I would be 100% for that. So yeah, the moral of this segment is don't hire Tell Talon. Hire someone who actually knows what he's doing and maybe can keep Rutherford in check. You know, Sam Ventura can definitely do that now that he has promotion. Or, you know, bring back Jason Bottrell because I do think he can help keep Rutherford in check. I mean, it looked like he did, you know, when he was the cap wizard um, for all those years under him as associate GM. All right, guys, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. So it looks like we have an official start date for the AHL season. Elliot Friedman uh, tweeted out a report that he was hearing it was going to be in early February. The AHL an, uh, released an announcement not like 10, 15 minutes later confirming that their targeted start date is February 5th of next year. Gives them time to get a schedule together. You know, we got to see what's going to happen with the borders and all that. They can get everything together and really see if they are going to have a season that starts on their targeted date. If I had to guess, I think the NHL is probably going to go this route as well. I know they wanted to start on January 1st. I mean, it would have been awesome to start with Winter Classic. Obviously, they had to be postponed. But, you know, I did read, uh, I did watch an insider training that they wanted. They were targeting like a cool, unique place to start the season. I mean, I don't really know where they want to go to start the season. You're not going to have a lot of fans um, for that place. I mean, you're looking at the NFL right now. I mean, there's not even half the uh, stadiums are not even full, so... It's hard to believe you're going to have even half fan attendance um, if you start the season in January. So I definitely think they're going to follow what the AHL is doing and start the season around, you know, right after the Super Bowl. And, you know, you can do like a 50, 60 game regular season, go do the playoffs. You can end them maybe in early July. You know, the, the Olympics are next year. You don't want to interfere with them because NBC has the rights to them. You can end the playoffs like I said, early July, like July 5th, closer to maybe July 10th at the latest, and then the Olympics can come in two weeks later, and then you're set, and then you can have a full 82-game season after that. But that's also hoping that the world is in a better place then than it is now. And while we're on the topic of next season for the NHL, I'm just curious to see 
what they come up with. I mean, there's been a bunch of rumors. I think Pierre Lebrun and Darren Dreger talked about inside our training last night. Is there going to be a Canadian division realignment? Just put all the seven Canadian teams in one division and just have them play each other. That could happen because the Canadian border is still not open, I don't think, to any U.S. resident, if I'm not mistaken. So if that's not lifted by January or February, which is when the NHL wants to start their season, I mean, you could be looking at only the United States teams playing each other and then the Canadian teams, like I said, just in one division. Um, If I had to guess as well, I think you're going to see a lot of back-to-backs next season. I know they're going to try to get as many games in as possible. They've said for a while, yeah, we want to get 82 games. Like, that's the goal, but it's like, you're not going to get 82 games. I mean, we saw what happened with baseball this season because they were just having all kinds of trouble negotiating a season. They can only play 60 games, and I mean, they were still able to hand out the World Series, the Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series of the Tampa Bay Rays last night. Chalk that up as an L for me. I picked the Rays in seven games, so I just continue to take L after L in this year. But anyways, back to my original point. There's just no way they get a full 82-game season in because what are you going to play well into July? I mean, we've already talked about how the Olympics are slated for next year. NBC has the rights to air the Summer Olympics, and they're definitely not going to want to show the NHL on their station as well. So, I mean, they need to have a season finish in early July at the latest, but prefer by mid-June, which is normally when the season ends anyway in a regular year. But, you know, for the Penguins, I would expect a lot of division games next year, I think. Even in a shortened schedule, they're probably going to really stack them with division games. I mean, you probably won't be playing a team like Toronto that much, Montreal. I mean, you may not be playing them at all if it's just a Canadian division with all those seven of those teams. But, you know, I would expect a lot of games against Washington, Philadelphia, Columbus, New Jersey, all the teams in the Metropolitan Division, and then, of course, some games against Tampa Bay, Boston, Buffalo. I mean, you probably get a California road trip, but, you know, sometimes the those California road trips are so spread out that the team is there for, like, almost a week or something, but I would expect at this point for next year, it would probably only be for, like, four days tops. They may do, like, three games and four nights or something like that and then get the team the hell out of there. I don't really think they're going to be doing a bubble again. Um, just I read that piece from Greg Wajinski and Emily Kaplan of ESPN.com. They interviewed several players anonymously about the bubble conditions, and yeah, it looked like they do not want to go back to that. So it's probably going to be what baseball did. There's not going to be many fans in the arena. I would expect some fans to be there, but it's not going to be that many. I'm daily testing still, I'm sure, and I would definitely probably expect a lot of postponements uh, next season. I mean, we're already seeing it still with the NFL. I mean, the NFL has gotten better with it. You know, these last couple of weeks were rough for them. But, you know, this past week was good. This week looks like is coming up is good. You know, we're going to hope for the best with them. But, you know, we knew the NFL was going to get hit with a wave of postponements. The same is going to happen with the NHL. The same actually happened with baseball at the start of their season, and everyone was clamoring for them to shut down, which, you know, I would have 100% understood. But, you know, they were able to push through it, and they still awarded the World Series, even when Justin Turner made an idiot out of himself and decided to play um, Game 6 while after testing positive for the coronavirus. And then, oh yeah, after he was instructed to come out, of the game um, after they won the World Series, he came back onto the field with a mask and touched the trophy. So he probably just gave his whole teammates um, the coronavirus. But still, I'm excited to see what the league comes up with here. I mean, there still hasn't been any talk of like a schedule for a January 1st restart. And by schedule, I mean, you know, a schedule for each individual team. So we're going to have to see when that happens. But still, you know, good news on the AHL. They're going to hopefully start February 5th. It's a long way from now. They got a lot of stuff to iron out. 
But, you know, I would look for a similar announcement from the NHL pretty soon because I really don't know if a January 1st restart is feasible at this point, especially with, you know, the coronavirus just continuing to surge in places all over this country. So who knows what's going to happen at this point. But before we do get to our next segment of this episode, it is time to talk about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. There's six new flavors, caramel, brownie, cookies and cream, lemon, almond, cheesecake are a few. Um, 12 original flavors, mint brownie, banana bread, salty caramel, double chocolate, orange. The bars are, are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in delicious treat. One of my favorite flavors is still the cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. There's a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. We did have some former Penguin news that came out today. Um, Pierre Lebrun reported that um, he was hearing that Alex Galchenyuk is going to the Ottawa Senators on a one-year deal. I think it's like 1.5 million just for that season. Honestly, that's not a bad deal for Galchenyuk. I mean, as a chance to up his value, he's been really bad these last couple of seasons. I mean, we obviously saw just how bad he was here with the Penguins when they tried putting him on Evgeny Malkin's line. He just couldn't score to save his life, or and was just awful in the defensive zone as well. Got traded to Minnesota. He was better there because there was not really as high of expectations in Minnesota. But, you know, went to market and then takes a nice little cheap deal to go to the Senators, who are not going to be a good team. They're probably not going to be a good team for still three to four more years now. And if he has a decent enough season, maybe pots 10 to 15 goals, Ottawa will trade him to a team for, like, what, a third, fourth round pick or something like that. Hell, if he has a 15 to 20 goal season, he can maybe get a second round pick in return. So it's a nice buy low I think for Ottawa and like I said you can just trade him at the deadline if he plays well and they can probably put him anywhere in the lineup but for right now I would guess you can probably put him with Dadnov, Kachuk, maybe with Colin White I mean who knows but still I think that's a good landing spot for Chucky and there you know there really wasn't much other news to come out today for the NHL like we are just in the dog days of the NHL offseason it's going to continue until we get news about the next season it's probably going to continue um, well into December honestly you're probably not going to see many trades you know the cap is still very flat teams just don't want to spend a lot of money and can you blame I mean we saw if Mike Hoffman is out there as a free agent I'd love if the Penguins were able to get him even though his wife is a pretty shitty human being if you don't know the story behind that just look up what uh, basically what she did to Eric Carlson's wife uh, it's pretty bad but he's a hell of a goal scorer but you know he has not been signed yet I think there's been rumors that Nashville's interested had 29 goals this last season 59 points in 69 games very nice number the kill gramlin is still out there had a 17 goal 30 point campaign in 63 games he would have been a nice option to get a center i would have given him the third line center spot over mark jankowski but i mean i guess they're just going to give it to jankowski and move mccann to wing which you know i don't agree with at all i mean i think sammy vatanen is still out there carl soderberg i mean he had a good year 17 goals 35 points but he's now 34 years old i really don't think he can replicate what he did. That would not be a good option for the Penguins if they still had a bunch of cap space. But even with the cap space that they do have, um, I would not sign him. Um, somehow Carl Alsner is out there. Michael Froelich, you know, six goals, 14 points last season. And, and you know, after that, options are pretty bleak. Travis Hamanick, Ron Hainsey, Michael Grab. Not really sure what's going on there. Uh, Connor Sherry, of course, is still out there. Eric Halla. You know, there's been a lot of 
Penguins fans that wanted Hala to be the Penguins third line center. Honestly, guys, I would have given it over. I would have given it to Granlin or Craig Smith. I really don't think Hala is that good of a player. Yeah, I know he had 12 goals, 24 points last year. His possessions, all right, but he's also battled a bunch of injuries throughout his career. So I just wouldn't trust him to stay healthy. I don't think in Pittsburgh, even though he would probably take a one-year prove-it deal, as a lot of other players have this offseason, I don't think I would be too interested in Eric Hala. Um, you know, after that, guys, there are just there's not a lot of people out here. I mean, Corey Perry is is on here, but you know, I don't really like Corey Perry. Anthony Duclair, you know, former 20 goal scorer this past season. You know, his numbers they went down a bit in the second half of the season, but he's a good player. He's still 24. Some teams should have ponied up by now and paid him, but you know, like I said, that flat cap is just really not letting a lot of teams spend money. I would love if the Penguins were able to somehow steal Duclair, but, you know, with the little cap space they have, it's just not going to happen. He's going to go to a team that actually has cap to spend. Um, let's just go down the list here. I mean, yeah, Derek Broussard, old friend, he, he was he's still not been signed back by the Islanders. Ryan Miller, Brett Ritchie. Brett, I just forgot Brian Boyle is out there on the UFA list. Dominic Cahoon. This was a 31-point player this past season in 56 games. I have no idea how he has not been signed, but you know I'm sure he's going to go to a contending team. And you know he can play on the third-line role, and he can chip in 10 to 15 goals a season, and that's what you want out of your bottom six forwards. He's also good on the penalty kill, good defensively, good playmaker. He's everything you want in a bottom six forward. You know, I would have loved if the Penguins were able to bring him back and not someone like Evan Rodriguez or Mark Jankowski. I would have actually preferred Cahoon over both of those guys. But I think that does it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. We'll have another episode coming tomorrow on Thursday and then on Friday. And then, guys, it will be three episodes a week for all of November and probably December as well. So just wanted to let you guys know about that. Um, If there's any Penguins news that come this week, you know, we'll be sure to talk about it on this podcast. But, you know, I have a lot of cool offseason stuff coming for you guys. So stay tuned for that. Hope you all have a great day and I will talk to you all tomorrow.